time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. He sits by himself at a table for two. And the uniform waiter appears at his side. Would you like to go ahead and order, sir? The man says. After all, he's been waiting since 7 o'clock in the evening. Almost half an hour. God, no thanks, the man says with a smile. I'll wait for her a little longer. How about some more coffee and water? Oh, certainly, sir. Thank you. The man continues to sit, his deep brown eyes gazing, his glass in the center of the table. He allows the sound light chatter in the classy restaurant the tingling silverware and the mellow music to fill his mind for a minute dressed casually in jeans and a shirt he projects a handsome and welcoming image you get the sense that he wants his companion to feel important respected loved yet he's not so formal as to make her feel uncomfortable Having taken every precaution to make her feel at ease with him, he still now sits alone. The waiter returns to fill the man's glass and cup. And, Is there anything else I can get for you, sir? Uh, no, thank you. The waiter remains awkwardly this time, lingering at the table. Something kind of tugs at his curiosity. and At last, he gets up the courage to, to speak. I don't mean to pry, sir, but and his voice trails off because he knows that this line of conversation could jeopardize his tip, if not his job. Well, go ahead, the man encourages. His voice is strong and kind, inviting a little bit of conversation. Why do you bother waiting for her? The waiter finally asks. You see, he has seen the same man at the restaurant several other evenings, always alone, always patient, always waiting for a person who somehow never shows up. Why? He says quietly. Because I love her and she needs me. Well, are you sure? The waiter asks. Yes, the man answers. Well, sir, no offense, but... Assuming that you do love her and, and that she needs you, she sure isn't acting much like it. I can count three or so times just this week she stood you up. The man looks down and winces, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Then why do you still come here? Why do you still wait on her? Because she promised me, he says, that she would come here to meet with me. Yeah, but she said that before, the waiter protests. I, I sure wouldn't put up with it. All the time she stood you up, why do you? Now the man looks at the waiter with a knowing smile. And again, he says, because I have chosen to love her. The waiter, puzzled, walks away, wondering how anyone could love someone so unconditionally who stands him up time after time in one week. That guy must be crazy, he decides. From across the room, he turns to look at the man who is pouring cream into his coffee cup. Coffee cup. And after staring for a moment into the liquid, the man brings the cup to his mouth, sips silently watching the people around him. He doesn't look crazy, the waiter thinks to himself. Maybe this girl has qualities that I don't know about that makes her super special. I mean, maybe this man's love is stronger than most I've known. The waiter, pulling himself out of his musings, moves to take an order from another table. Then, our friend, setting down his coffee cup, recalls the many things he wanted to talk over with the young woman who was to meet with him, had she shown up. But really, he was mostly looking forward to hearing her voice, telling him about her day, the things that mattered to her, her triumphs, her wins, her losses, anything, because anything that was important to her was important to him. Yes, 
She stood him up lots of times before, but somehow he cares so much for her. He still can't get used to the hurt in his heart. And each time it's still painful. He'd so look forward to their appointment all day. He tried so many times to show her how much he cared about her. He just wanted to know that she was willing to invest in this relationship too. That she cared for him. So he takes another drink of the coffee, hoping somehow she'll come racing through the door, apologizing, some explanation for being late, something to come up, spend some time with her. The clock slowly passes. Finally, at 9.30, the waiter returns to the man's table, still with one empty chair. Sir? It's 9.30. Can I get anything for you? No, I think that'll be all for tonight. May I have the check, please? Yes, sir. As the waiter leaves, the man again picks up the check and pulls out his wallet. You see, he has enough money to have given her a feast tonight in that nice restaurant. But he takes out only enough to pay for a few cups of coffee and a tip. And in his mind, he says, why? Why did you do this to me again? And he slowly gets up from the table. Goodbye, the waiter says to the man as he walks toward the door. Oh, oh, good night, says the guy. Thanks so much for your help. Well, you're welcome, sir, says the waiter softly. As he can't help but notice the hurt in the man's eyes, that his smile somehow does not seem to hide. The man passes a laughing young couple on his way out and his eyes fight not to fill up again as he thinks that it could have been him and her together that night. He stops at the front and makes reservations with the lady at the desk for tomorrow night because maybe she'll show up to meet him then if he tries again. Seven o'clock tomorrow for party of two, she confirms. That's right, the man replies. Do you think that she'll come the hostess softly inquires and asks tentatively the hostess doesn't mean to be rude but she has watched the man so many times sit at his table for two alone someday yeah she'll come and i'll be waiting for her right here this is our favorite place to meet together once again the man walks out of the restaurant alone Across town at the same time that the man is leaving the restaurant, his friend walks into her living room, tired after a long day and an evening out with her friends. She sits down and reaches for her iPad, catch up on some social networking. Oh, I forgot again, she mouths to herself as she sees the note that she had scribbled to herself the previous night, 7 p.m., Spend some time in prayer, she wrote. Well, she thought, I'll do it tomorrow night. I'm really tired. I stayed out kind of late and man, there's a lot going on. Facebook, Instagram, got to catch up. I'll get to it for sure tomorrow night. Besides, she told herself, I needed some time with my friends tonight. I need to get some sleep before I go to school tomorrow Tomorrow night, that'll be fine. Jesus, he'll forgive me. He doesn't mind. And after all, I'm not into legalism. She sat there that night. She thought to herself, you know, it's funny. After all the social networking, after all the time with my friends, I still feel so very lonely. Surely Jesus doesn't mind. As we watch this story, I think of how many of us, this has been our story. I think of how often it has been my story. Setting up a time to get alone and pray and be with Jesus. And something else comes up and something gets in the way. 
Usually it's a uh, horrible little thing called the snooze button, or maybe it's hanging out. Something takes away from us getting alone and being with Jesus. So we have a few moments this morning, and I want to talk about this great invitation that's been extended to us to sit at this table. The invitation that's been given to each one of you to spend time with a real person in Jesus. And so uh, we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit about that this morning. And then we're going to take time to just do that together. Take time where today we want to exercise this a little bit and spend time with Jesus here this morning. And so you're going to need a few things as we jump into this. As we go for this, uh, every one of you is going to need a pen. Does everybody have a pen? If you don't have a pen, I, I want you to raise your hand if you have no pen. Okay, if you see someone with their hand raised and you have an extra pen, can you give a friend a pen? Hook them up. Give them a pen. It can be a pencil. I'm not going to hate on pencils. Number two, that's fine. Although, if you have a pencil, you're going to need a piece of paper. The, se- the second thing you're going to need is your Bible. Does everybody have a Bible this morning? Good. And then the third thing, if you, if you can, is that everybody's going to need one sheet of paper. One sheet of paper. If you don't have a sheet of paper, I'm going to have you write down five things today. If you don't have a sheet of paper, you can write them on your hand. But I encourage you to get a sheet of paper if you can, if you have a sheet of paper. All right. All right, come back up with me up here. Come back up here. So I want to talk about this great invitation that's been given to each one of us. This idea to spend time with Jesus. This, this invitation to sit at this table and talk with Jesus. One of the things that I'm most grateful for is that my parents taught us as kids how to do this. And it was one of the reasons, when, if you're a part of DSM, you're going to hear us talking about spending time with Jesus a lot. And some of you this morning, you may think that what we're going to do here is just for adults. It's just for when you get old or it's just for, you know, later on in life. But I want to tell you that what we're about to do, my parents started teaching us to do when I was five years old. Me and and my brother and sisters. When I was five years old, they started teaching us that for ourselves, we could actually have a conversation with Jesus. I remember so clearly, uh, we even going up in, in... you know, as we were little kids, as I was five, the triplets were 10, and then going on and, and continuing and into junior high and high school. I remember when I was in junior high, my mom every morning would, uh, would, would get so that we would come down and there'd be hot chocolate ready. And we had a round table and I could come down and there, it was hot chocolate and Jesus time. And the hot chocolate maybe sometimes is what got me down there because there was just something about drinking some hot chocolate in the morning. I just liked it. I don't even know that my mom made breakfast. You know, some moms do that. But my mom made hot chocolate so I would spend time with Jesus. But they would teach us how to do this. So I, I say that to say to you that this is not something for later on. This is not something for another time, another season when you get older or something like that. But there's a great invitation given to you today at your age to sit at this table and spend time with Jesus. To talk with him, to know him. So when I say invitation, we have, a lot of us have different invitations, right? Anybody ever gotten an invitation to anything before? Okay, like you got an invitation to a graduation party. You got an invitation to go to the graduation. Maybe some of you got invitations to go to weddings. I have more invitations to like Facebook groups. I'm a part of more groups. Like, you know, like I don't even know what groups I'm a part of, you know, and you get these invitations. So invitations, we kind of get invitations. They're, they're, they're not that important all the time. We, we just treat them like, oh, I can just shove them aside, whatever. But the invitation that we're given today, the invitation that we are given to talk with Jesus Is a pretty huge, incredible one. And you know, it's actually not an invitation that everybody's always had. I was, uh, even as we watched this little skit this morning, I was sitting over here and uh, there's that moment where she's sitting in this chair and she's looking and hanging out, doing social networks, whatever, looking at the internet, talking to friends. And she's like, oh, I forgot to spend time with Jesus. I forgot to pray. Ah, he'll forgive me. No big deal. God certainly 
won't mind. Jesus won't mind. And there was something about that moment. I'm, this morning, I, I heard that phrase and it just struck my heart at how ludicrous that we think that God won't mind. And when I think of what happened in order to make this moment and this moment possible. I want to read really quick and we won't take too long, but in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters... Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, open to us through the curtain. Now, I don't want to break down this completely. We're not going to take too much time on this. But the, the great invitation that we're given this morning to spend time to, with Jesus, to talk with Jesus, not everyone has always had that. And, and when we read in the Old Testament, some people, uh, there, there were a few people that got to go into the presence of God. The high priest got to go into the presence of God. They had the, the temple was set up. And God, God gave his presence and, and put his presence in the temple because he wanted to interact with his people. But he didn't have a holy people. And so not everyone could go in. And they had, there, there was outer courts where people could go. And then there were inner courts. And there was, there was an altar. But only the high priest could go into the actual holy of holies. The most holy place. The place where God's presence was. And it's actually really weird. Like uh, they, they, would, they would tie. And this is a little Old Testament history here. I know some of you are like, what are you talking about? But the, the priest, the high priest would go in. And if they had any sin, anything in their life, that they would, in the presence of God, where sin cannot exist, the priest would die. So what they would do is they would tie a rope around their leg with bells on it. And they'd have people ready in case their priest fell over dead so that they could pull them out. Now, I want you to imagine that moment. When you're getting ready to go into the presence of God and you're tying a rope to your leg just in case you die. That's like, I mean, that's going to cause you to be a little nervous, right? Like you're like thinking back, what did I do yesterday? Oh my goodness, was I mean to my mom? Oh, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus. Oh, I don't know you yet because I'm, I'm a high priest in the Old Testament. Oh, someone forgive me, you know? And you're like, what is going on? And they started walking. They would walk in slowly. I just want Picture that first step. They're like, all right, okay. not dead yet. That's good. But for this high priest, going into the presence of God meant the possibility of death. And yet it was worth it. And yet they found it valuable enough that even though they may die, oh, to be in the presence of God. And as we read here in Hebrews, what happened when Jesus died on the cross? The veil that split the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. Do you know that Coram Deo, what we're at this weekend, it means the presence of God. The veil, a big fat veil that kept the presence of God in one place and, and, and the, no one else could pass it. That ripped from top to bottom. That was a big old veil that no person could rip. And it was too tall for someone just to reach up, certainly for me to reach up. I mean, I, was pro- I probably would have been strong enough to rip it, but I just couldn't reach it, you know. But the veil ripped, which, was this, which signified that the presence of God was now available to all of us at all times. Not just for one person, not just for the high priest, but to all of us to enter in to the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. So I want you to think when we're sitting in this, ta- in this chair and we're saying, oh, you know what? Certainly God won't mind. It's not a big deal to him. Jesus is like, I died for this moment. I shed my blood so that I could hang out with you. It is a big deal to me. So I want you to know that we can't just write it off and say, oh, no big deal. God certainly won't mind. He has so much other things to do. He's like, no, 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 no. I gave everything so that I could hang out with you in this moment. So this thing that we're doing this morning is a big deal. The fact that we get to hang out with Jesus, the fact that we get to talk with him, the fact that we get to spend time with him, and the fact that we can do it anywhere. I loved uh, last year, 
we took our DLA core uh, to Germany. And, uh, and so we got to go to visit a church over there and do some missions work. We got to go see some places where historical revival has taken place. And it's funny when you're on an airplane, you know, and we weren't all sitting together. You, I mean, you, we were kind of in little pockets and you, you fly. How many of you guys have flown overseas? Anybody flown? Those are long flights, right? Okay. What do you do? What do you do when you fly overseas? You sleep and you watch movies. That's what you do, right? So I remember this moment and, and we're a couple hours into the flight. And, uh, and so I, I, I go ahead and I, I pull out my Bible and my journal and I start writing and, and praying and reading my Bible. And I just start spending time with God right there in that airplane, right there in that little toothpaste shaped thing flying through the sky. And I, you know, and I'm just like, I mean, talk about pretty unique. There's a lot of people in history that didn't get to spend time with God, let alone do it in the air. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, this is pretty sweet. I'm spending time with Jesus. I got my, I got my earbuds in, you know, I'm old school. I use earbuds, not beats. And so like, I, I got those and I'm just going for, and, and, and I just started like worshiping God and you know, I'm just getting, I'm just feeling it. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. And I'm singing and you know, my, I like start mouthing the words and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I like realize I'm kind of in a public place and I open my eyes and like, I'm like, oh, hi neighbor. Sorry to put my armpit in your face. And I look around and the joy in my heart as I see little, just the little lights, you know, when you can, when the airplane's dark and everybody's asleep, but you just got the little reading light and just a little light up here with someone spending time with Jesus and a little light over here, someone spending time with Jesus and all over that plane, people spending time with Jesus because we can do it anywhere. We can spend time with Jesus at any time. We can converse with him at all times because of the price he paid on the cross. He shed his blood because it is a big deal to him because he does mind. And it's the great invitation for us to come and be with him. And that invitation, I want you to know, has been extended to you. And so as we, as Jesus sits here waiting, the feast is available. If we would just come, he has plenty of money to pay. And yet so often we miss out. And we say, maybe not tonight. I love, uh, you guys know missionary Britt Hancock? Anybody know missionary Britt Hancock? I remember he was preaching at, at something at New Life. I don't know what, but he said, listen, if you, spent, if you sleep in in the morning, you miss your time with Jesus, then you need to pay for it, not Jesus pay for it. He said, you got to get up and you still spend time with him. If that makes you late to something else, then you're the one that pays for it. I'm not going to tell you that because then you're going to go home and be like, hey, mom and dad, Dan said that I don't have to go to school first hour because I slept in and I could spend time with Jesus. But what I am saying is it needs to be so important to us that we sacrifice to make it happen. Because guess what? He sacrificed a whole lot more for that one moment for each day for us to be able to spend time with him. And so I, I, I want to just go over really quickly because we're going to actually take time in here this morning to do this. And so I want to go over real quickly some of the practicals, but I just wanted to set up how big of a deal this is and how absolutely incredible we get this opportunity. I, got, I get wrecked this morning. We were singing that song, Yahweh. This is not my notes, but we were singing that song, Yahweh. And it just, it, it messes with me. Exodus chapter 5. God is speaking with Moses and he looks at Moses and he says, he says this thing. He says, Moses, the guys that came before you, I revealed myself to them as almighty, as all powerful. I revealed myself to them as El Shaddai. But to you, Moses, I'm revealing myself. My name is Yahweh. He tells Moses, he says, hey, before now, people knew me as all powerful, almighty. But guess what? I have a name and I want to tell you what that name is. Moses got to know God's name. And then you know what happened in Exodus 33? Exodus 33, Moses is praying and he's talking with God. And he says, we want your presence. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. And God looks at him and he says, I will answer your prayer. Because I know you by name. God says, I am the God that has a name that you can know. And I know you by name. I want you guys to know this morning that Yahweh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator God, beginning and end, forever existed, forever will exist, has a name that he wants to reveal to you. And he knows you by name. 
He knows everything about you and he wants to spend time with you. And we get to John in the book of John, Jesus is talking and Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Jesus is still speaking today and he will speak to you and you can hear him and you can know him. So as we talk about spending time with Jesus, there's lots of different names. Some people say meeting with Jesus. Some people say God time. Some people have little acronyms like ACTS. Some people call it Devo time. I don't know, whatever you call it. But I just want to give you some, some pointers on making sure to do that. So, so to start with, I'm going to tell you three things that I think are pretty important to spending time with Jesus. Okay, and so that is that you have a time, a place, and a plan. A time, a place, and a plan. Now, I'm not going to go too much on these three things. Um, but I just, even like in this picture, this seven o'clock, you know, it's in the iPad, it's set up, it's the moment, set a time, get it as part of your routine, figure out what's the best time. Some of you guys are like, I always hear pastors talking about spending time with Jesus in the morning, but I am so not a morning person. Okay. Sleep in the morning, stay up at night, you know, find a time. Maybe some of you guys are like, I don't know when to do it. I got, I, I'm tired in the morning. I got sports in the afternoon. I got homework at night. When is their time? Me and my buddies, when, when, we were, when I was in high school, we would take the lunch hour and we would go down the hall and we would, we would sit by ourselves and, and we, would, we would pray together. Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's at lunch. I don't know. Find a time and just say, this is my, I'm setting up a meeting with you. And then you can, here's what you can know. Jesus, he's waiting. He's, he's like, great, you set that time, I'm there, I'm ready. Okay, so, so set a time and then keep it. Find a place, it doesn't have to be the same place. Uh, it, it's what I said, it, we can meet with Jesus anywhere, that's the beauty of it. But I, I encourage you, there's something about getting a certain place that, that where we, it's not that God won't meet us anywhere, it's that as human beings, we just do better when we're in some kind of routine and, and we feel and we know that when I'm in this place. So like for me, there's a certain chair in my house in a specific room where I try to spend time with Jesus. Okay, now if I'm out, I used to be a coffee guy, right? So Starbucks or Velo or Mission or something, you know, the principal's office, something like that. Like I go to a coffee house. Why was that so funny? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, like I'll go, to, I'll go to a coffee shop or something. You know. Then I realized that coffee is expensive. I was like, this is dumb. So now I'm more of a McDonald's guy. You got 99 cents sweet tea with free refills and Wi-Fi. That is where the Lord is. My goodness. I'll just throw in some worship and spend time with Jesus. Right there in the middle of everything else that's going on, I can spend time with Jesus. So get it. Get a time, get a place, have it be regular. But here's, here's the thing I really want to hit on. This is what really is important, is that you have a plan. If you don't come in with a plan, then you probably, you, you won't really necessarily know what to do. You'll sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Okay, God, I'm here. Ready, go. Okay, that was great. I tried. I, nothing happened. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a plan. And, and there's lots of plans, okay? There's lots of ways you can spend time with Jesus. There's lots of, it'll change uh, in different seasons of your life. It'll look different. But I want to give you just a really basic plan this morning. Then we're going to do it together a little bit. Uh, And this, I want to encourage you to do this rather than saying like, okay, that was what Dan said. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to just jump on to something else that I I make up. I'm going to encourage you to do this for a while to get used to it, to get into the routine of it, to understand it. And and it will change over time. It'll, it'll morph. It'll, it'll, it'll grow. But, but, Find something, your best thing uh, is to, it, it can be this plan or somebody else's, but find something that, a plan that someone else has written out and it's worked and do that for a good long time before you start saying, oh, I'm going to start doing my own model. Okay. So, all right. Number one, these are the five things you're going to write down on a piece of paper, on your hand, on the neck of the person in front of you, whatever it takes. All right. The first thing you're going to do, number one, when you come to spend time with Jesus is worship. Okay. So worship. So that could be putting on worship music and singing along. That could be, uh, just you getting a journal. I love journals to me. Um, if you're journaling, then it's just something about getting it from your mind and your heart into your hand onto paper that, that just solidifies it. It gets you to think about it. It's just powerful. And let me, let me clarify something real fast. Okay. I just want to make sure you all know this. There's a difference between a journal and a diary. All right. I have a prayer journal. I do not have a diary. If you were to look at my journal, it's right over there. I never talk to myself telling myself about yesterday. Okay. 
I always talk to Jesus, telling him what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, and then writing down what I feel him speaking to me through the Bible and other things. Okay, so a prayer journal and a diary are very different. Let's just not get it twisted, okay? So I'm not telling you, don't go home and be like, I'm, hey, I need to get a diary and I have a little lock and I just, no one can read it. Whatever, just get a prayer journal, okay? It's different. Okay, so number one, start with worship, exalting God. When we worship, it gets our eyes off of us and onto him. It reminds us that he is God, not me. When we worship, it glorifies him, not us. When we worship, it advances his kingdom in that moment and light comes in and darkness is expelled. When we, listen, I don't have time to go into all that worship does, but worship is a powerful, powerful thing and we don't do it enough. And so we need to, so, so to start off, the first thing, just, just begin to worship God. Okay, that's number one. Number two, number two is just, is gratitude. Just begin to write out the things that you're thankful for. I believe that God has poured out so many gifts and he loves a grateful people. That's so clear in scripture. When we read even about the Israelites, part of the big problem of the Israelites in the desert was their grumbling. It was because they grumbled at what God did rather than give thanks to God. And we see throughout scripture that God pours out Grace and, and gifts and blessings to a grateful people. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says this. this is the, if you want to memorize scripture and you're like, what, what scripture should I memorize? These are three really great verses because they're two words. Okay. First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. Rejoice always. You can probably memorize that, right? That's verse 16. Everybody, you can go home. What'd you learn at Cormdale? I memorized scripture. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty big statement. A lot of us want to know what God's will is. What does God want me to do? Let's just read this. Rejoice always. He wants you to be a joyful people. God wants you to be rejoicing. Pray continually. He wants to be in constant conversation with you and give thanks in all circumstances. He wants a grateful people. So we, we take time. We worship God. And then we begin to just say, God, I thank you for, and, and here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to think of three specific things that you're thankful for from yesterday or the past week. And every day have those things be different. If you can only come up with one, come up with one, but be specific. It's really easy to be like, God, I'm just so thankful that you are so wonderful and you are so big and you are so great and that the whole world should know you. I'm so grateful that, no, no, no that, that's good. But get specific and be like, God, thank you for yesterday when I was able to control my temper with my brother. Thank you yesterday when, when the, the blessing that you gave me when I was at school and someone was kind to me. Thank you, but get specific. And, and here's what that helps us do. That helps us realize that God is in the details. God is a big God. But the little details of your life he cares about. And he is pouring out blessing on you. I Get real specific. God, thank you that when I woke up this morning, I can breathe. You know that he's the one that gives you breath, right? Without him, you ain't breathing right now. Without him, you can't do, you know, like, thank you, God, that I can see. Not like I have to put in context to be able to say that. You know, so I say, thank you, God, for context. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that if I lived in Bible times, I me and blind Bartimaeus would be getting along because I'd be on the side of the road. I'd be like, oh, please, I can't see anything. Blobs everywhere. <laughs> but get specific. All right, number three. Number three is confession. Psalm 139, 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Again, I want to encourage you, be specific, God. Was there any way that yesterday, or maybe if you're doing this at night, God, is there any way that today, was there anything in me that I did that was not of you? God, I want you to reveal that. Search me and know me. Reveal that to me because I don't want anything that's not of you. So God, show that to me so that I can quickly repent. Now, here's what this is. This is God examining you, not you examining you. This isn't you saying, oh, woe is me. I'm so bad at these things. No, this is saying, God, you who know my heart better than I know my own heart. Is there anything in me that's not of you? Show that to me because I don't want that. Anything not of you, I want, I want to get rid of. I, I, I don't want that. Is there any negative emotion that I had? Was there any attitude that I had towards somebody that wasn't like you? Any words that I said that weren't like you? This isn't a time for condemnation, Okay repentance isn't a time where, uh, listen, when I come before the Lord and I just go into a time of confession, I, I, I say, Psalm 139, search me, know me. We, the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. 
Okay? So this isn't a time where, where God is saying, oh, I've been waiting all day to tell you all the bad things you've done. No, 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 no. It's his kindness that leads me to repentance. And he will whisper and he will gently tell you, hey, here's some things that are going on. For me, I kid you not, I, it's, I wish it would change. For me, like every time I'm like, okay, search me and know me. Oh God, I repent for saying dumb things. I say dumb things all the time. I have this, like, I call it diarrhea of the joke mouth. I just, I like to make jokes. I like, to, and, and sometimes they're just not appropriate. So then I got, God, I'm sorry for that joke. That wasn't uplifting to those people. God, I'm sorry that I said something dumb again. God, I'm sorry I was rude. I, James talks about it. The tongue is so influential and it steers the whole body and it's like a fire that sets us on fire, you know, a, a flame that sets everything on fire. So every day I'm like, God, forgive me for the way I talked yesterday. Uh, again. And he just gently says, I love you. I forgive you. Let's do better today. I love you. I forgive you. I'll give you grace for today. I love you. I forgive you. I'll empower you for today. So we have a time of confession. Uh, In this time, I think it's powerful and important that we uh, forgive as well. So So as God has forgiven us, it's important that we forgive ourselves. But also we say, God, I release those that have wronged me. Yesterday, God, I felt like my mom was, was mean to me. But God, I just forgive her. I don't need her to apologize. I felt yesterday like my little sister, she was really a punk as usual. But God, I forgive her in this moment. I don't need her to come say I'm sorry. I forgive her because of what, that's what you've told me to do. And here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is releasing them to the Lord rather than you holding judgment on them. And so in this time, is there anything that, that I'm holding bitterness towards somebody else? God, I repent of my bitterness. That, you, you are not a bitter God, so I repent of having bitterness, and I release them in this moment. I forgive them. Okay, number four. You ready for number four? Bible. This is an important one. Okay, when you do this, a lot of you, you you'll have different amounts of time that you spend time with God. Uh, as you get started, it'll be different for each of you. This is an important one that you don't skip, okay? Make sure that when you're spending time with God that you are reading the Bible. And so as you do that, the, the, the scripture, the Bible that we have is the primary way in which God will speak to us and will read the Bible. And the Holy Spirit will cause things to come alive in our heart as we read them. And he'll reveal himself to us through the Bible. So we want to make sure to read the Bible. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Here, for me, the Bible was a, a book. It's just, it was, I, you know, I read it sometimes because I thought I had to until when I was in eighth grade, my my youth group that I was a part of started praying the scriptures. And we, we took the Bible and we turned Bible verses into prayers. And all of a sudden, what happened to me is no longer was this just a book that someone wrote a long time ago, but it became alive as it became my language to have conversation with God. And so use the Bible to have conversation with God. And so you take the verses that are in there and you turn them into prayers and you ask God about them and you pray them. One, one thing you can do that I think is really valuable to make it a conversation is insert your name into the scripture, right? Insert your name into where it says, if you abide in me and I abide in you. You know, okay, Jesus, you're saying to me right now, if I abide in you, you know, put your, you know, where, for God so loved, for God so loved Dan that he gave his only begotten son. Like put your name in there and, and, and read it as if it's written to you because it is. And turn it into a conversation with God. Turn it, and, and so, really, you are praying the scriptures when you're having conversation with God. You know that's what prayer is, conversing with God, communing with God. Okay, good. So insert your name, pray the scriptures. Here's the other thing I want to encourage you to do, and i got to really, really, really hurry. Have a Bible reading plan. No, don't, don't do this. This is, I mean, you know, I'm not saying I've never done this before. God, I just want to spend time with you. Where you want me, God? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Boom! Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. God, send a great wind on the sea today. I don't know what that means. Okay. And that was actually a pretty decent one because sometimes you can get a little funky, you know. So you flip open a song of songs, you're like, oh. So have a, have a Bible reading plan, okay? So you can do it however you want. Maybe you want to read uh, Genesis to Revelation. You know, maybe you want to read the Bible chronologically. Maybe you want to read the New Testament. Maybe you want to read the epistles. For me, I'll just tell you what I do. You don't in any way feel like you have to do this. I'll just tell you what I do. I like to, I like to take every day and I like to read a psalm. All right, that's part of my worship. I like to read a proverb. That's part of my gratitude and repentance time. Then I like to read a piece of the Sermon on the Mount. 
And then I like to read a chapter in either the Old Testament or New Testament, whatever book I'm reading through. I, and so that, that might sound like a lot to you. That might sound like a little to you. I don't know. I'm not telling you that because I think it's anything special. I'm not telling you that because I want you to do that. I'm just telling you have a plan and, and so that you can read through the Bible and actually work through things. And as you read through a book of the Bible, it will come alive to you and it won't just be random little verses. Okay? So Bible is really important. And then the last part, number five. Number five is pray. Obviously, you've been praying this whole time. From the moment you sat down to spend time with Jesus, you've been praying. But take what one through four and then turn that into a conversation and respond. So respond to what was being said in the scripture. Respond to what God was saying when you said, when, when you were in a time of God revealed to me, is there anything in me? Respond to God as we spent time this morning. This is what I'm feeling. And ask this question. God, based on the last 20 minutes, what is it that you want to do me to implement today? So based on everything, as I've worshiped, as I've been thankful, as I've repented, as I've read the Bible, what, what is it you want me to implement today? Or what is it you want me to implement tomorrow? Okay, God, I want to start today. I want to be a thankful person. I want to, I want to throughout the day, give gratitude to you for what you, for the blood. Oh, I don't know what it is. So, but, but actually respond. And then this is this, this the part also where I believe it's great, really good for you to have prayer lists. If you want to pray for your friends, have, have their names written in the back of your Bible or in, or in a journal somewhere and pray through them and just say, here are my friends I'm going to pray for. Here's the, my family I'm going to pray for. Uh, there's lots of prayer lists that you if you go Google prayer lists and, and you'll make sure it's Christian prayer lists, but, uh, and, and you'll have lots of prayer lists, uh, people, but prayer lists help you pray longer. Right? Because you're like, because if you have a list, I, I, if I just sit down and I'm just going to start praying, God, thank you for today. Thank you for the food that I've already eaten. Thank you that um, I have a family. Right? You kind of, but if you have a list and you say, okay, God, I pray today. I, pr- I, 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 I pray for this person. God, I pray for this thing to happen. God, I, I ask, oh yeah, God, I want a, a revival in my school. God, I pray for revelation of the scripture. God, I, and have, have a list and, and it will help you. It will give you language to pray every day. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do this. You guys ready to do this? All right. Nico and team, if you guys want to come up. So we're going to stay in here. So I know it's a little tight. You can spread out a little bit. Here's what we're going to do for the next 30 minutes. I don't, want, I don't want you to talk to anybody other than Jesus. Okay? So all of you at this point should have a Bible, a piece of paper, and a pen. If you don't have a piece of paper, you're going to be doing this on your arm. And that's all right. You know, people are like, what did you do today? And you're like, I spent time with Jesus. Look, you know. Okay? So, so we're just going to, I'm going to pray for us. And then Nico's going to begin praying, playing and praying. He does both. And then we're just going to take a few minutes. And I want you to just take the first few minutes and just worship God with your own words in your own language. Okay? Not like English. I mean, English, yes. But like using your own vernacular, speaking to who God is. So some of you, you may want to write this down. Some of you, uh, you just want to sit there and and in your mind or actually verbally just whispering to God who he is, how he's shown himself faithful to you, how he's revealed himself to you. I'm telling you, just take my word for it. It'll be easier if you write it down. But I'm not going to tell you you have to. I'm just telling you it will be easier if you do that. Okay? So, Father, I thank you that we have this incredible opportunity today to spend time with you. I thank you for that because the blood shed on the cross, your presence is available to all of us, that we can come here today in the Coromdale, in the presence of God, and be with you. So, Father, I pray that you will reveal yourself even in these next few moments that we have, that you will speak to us. Many of us, this may be something we've done many times before. Many of us, maybe this is the first time we've ever done it. But God, I pray that you will speak to us, that, that con- conversation with you will be easy and alive this morning in the name of Jesus. Because to just take the next few minutes, maybe two or three minutes, and just begin to worship. Just begin to write out names of God. Begin to whisper who he is. I want to encourage you, if, if you're not writing, then, then close your eyes and try to picture him as best you can. Try to remember who he is and remember how he's revealed himself to you. Remember what he's done.
keep going on that. Let's just transition, begin to transition into just a time of gratitude, a time of thanking God for what he's done. And again, let's get real specific. Let's think of the last day or the last two days and try to come up with one or two things that you can really authentically be grateful for and just begin to thank him for those things.
Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Show me, is there any way that is not pleasing to you? Just begin in a time of confession and repentance. Just asking God, just saying, reveal to me anything that isn't pleasing to you. Revealed to me anything that yesterday where I may have come up short, anything this morning already that I can repent of. Your kindness leads me to repentance. Show your kindness to me. In the midst of that, in my weakness, reveal your kindness to me. We're just taking a couple minutes. We're going through this pretty quick this morning, but just to, for a few minutes, just to say, God, show me. Is there anything that I need to repent of? Anything that I need to confess to you? your Bible. We're going to take time just to read the Bible. And again, take the Bible and turn it into prayer. Turn it into conversation. Put your name in that. So here's what I want to do. I want you, uh, just for today, obviously I said, get a reading plan, read through the Bible in a structured way. But today, let's all go through. And I just want you to read through John 15, verse 5 through 9. Okay. John 15, 5 through 9. And, I, and so read through that and read it all. And then after you've read it all, go back and begin turning that into a conversation with God. Asking God to reveal different pieces of it. Putting your name in the conversation. Where you see you putting your name there. Having this be a real conversation between Jesus and you. So, John chapter 15, verse 5 through 9. Those those verses. You're just going to read those. And again, you can journal this. You can do this just as in a conversation. I encourage you to journal it, but... You don't have paper or whatever. John 15, 5 through 9.
take time to respond and pray. So take the next two, two minutes or so. Just ask God, okay, God, based on these last 15, 20 minutes, what can I do today? What do you want to implement today? Maybe this is a time where you want to pray for your family, where you want to pray for your school. Just take time to actually just begin to pray and respond to what the Lord and you have been talking about over these last 15, 20 minutes. able to come and be with you. I thank you that you will speak to us, that you do speak to us at all times. You, We can converse with you because of what you did on the cross. I thank you for drawing us in. I thank you that this is a big deal to you. That you care to spend time with us. That you know each one of us by name. And that you're inviting us to know you. This isn't about religious discipline. This is about knowing the creator God that can be known. The sovereign, almighty, all-powerful, perfect God that invites us into knowing who you are. So God, I pray for hunger in each one of us to arise. God, I pray that this would be the place where we draw strength. as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.